Welcome to We, Women Encouragers and Wellness Enthusiasts. My name is Kelsey. And my name is Morgan. Both nutritionists leading busy lives, just trying to balance it all. Here we will be sharing the stories of inspiring women in our Oregon communities. How do you balance wellness, work, health, and relationships, and all the little things we do in between? Come listen in on the conversations while we chat about all of these and more. Much, much more. Hello, everyone. Hello, and welcome back. So our guest today is a woodworker, a jewelry maker, a mom, a traveler, and a health enthusiast. We want to welcome today Whitney Magatko. Hello, Whitney. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me. Yes, we're so, so excited. excited. <laughs> <laughs> we are very excited, apparently. Yes. So before we get into all the wonderful things that you do, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I grew up in Oregon my whole life and I had a farm in state in Oregon for about four years. And in 2016, um, we sold our farm and, um, we bought a travel trailer and traveled around the U S for about a year and ended up in Alaska for the last six months of our travel. Um, and that's really where I actually made my first um, sign for our cabin when I started woodworking. And we made our way back to Bend, Oregon um, at the end of that year. And that's where we've been settled since. And that's really when I started my business. That's awesome. And you said your business is a woodworking business. What's it called? Um, my name is that woodworking girl because in Bend, when I started selling, um, woodworking pieces, um, I would go into stores or have customers contact me and they'd say, Oh, you're that woodworking girl that so-and-so told me about. And mm -hmm. so I decided to just name myself that woodworking girl because that's I'm what everyone called me anyway. Oh, I didn't know that, that story. That's so cool. That just yes. like, kind of came about. That's yeah. so cool. So you and Kelsey know each other from yes, a you. while back. I think that'd be interesting for people to know your background story. Let's hear about yeah. that. We met, I don't, I don't even know when we met, probably middle school. Yeah, middle school. Yeah, we've known each other for years and years and years, and we've been friends the whole time ever since. Yeah, we really, like, there was one summer, I think we were maybe in eighth grade when we went to Wild Horse Canyon, um, like a Young Life camp, and people called us twins the whole time there because we were just inseparable. We both had brown hair and blue eyes, and that's like, I think, when our friendship really, like, kicked it off. Right. So, yes, we've been friends for a long time, and we recently, not recently, but when you moved to your farm, we kind of connected even more so, because we both um, had celiac disease, and we were into blogging, and all that stuff. So, we've, um, we definitely have a lot of similarities. On that yeah. Topic. And even when you and I, like, met you for the first time this last, well, was that Kelsey's, Special it was before, party. yeah, it was before that. Um, we, I don't know. You're just such a fun person to be around. So it's oh, fun to be on. I'm happy you're on. Um, so yeah, our vision today, kind of with this episode, is to 
talk a lot about gluten-free, kind of everything about that, celiac sensitivity, why you would want to be gluten-free by choice and how to get tested if you think you are celiacs. Because um, I know that has a lot to do with your life and Kelsey also has a lot to say about that too because it's a big part of her life. Um, but then also a different kind of switching gears, uh, you're a woodworker gal. And so I'm kind of just talking about your entrepreneurship journey and encouraging women to follow their dreams and just everything about that. So that sounds fun. Yeah. So let's just start with maybe your celiac's journey. Let's hear about that. Um, well, ever since I was little, I was always getting sick and had stomach problems, but I didn't know what it was. Um, and celiacs runs in my family. My great gram has it and my Grammy has two sisters who have it as well. So when I was little, she always told me, Whitney, you need to get tested. You have celiacs. That's why you're so sick. And I just thought, no, no, I pushed it off for so long because, um, I just, felt like all I would be eating is fruits, vegetables, and meat, and that's it. And I never knew how to cook. Um, actually, when my husband met me, I was like horrible at even making spaghetti. <laughs> that was like the only <laughs> thing that I could make. Um, and so that's something that I've actually learned along this journey is how to cook. And now I love cooking. Um, but yeah, pretty much since I was little, I had a lot of stomach problems with just being being able to go to the bathroom, always getting sick. Sometimes I'd throw up, um, but it would happen like on and off. It wasn't an everyday occurrence. But when I got older, I was actually working in the emergency department at the time. I was sick all day, every day, pretty much. And I think it's because I was eating so much processed food um, that I was constantly like having wheat, like, I mean, in soups, it's in everything pretty much. Um, and so yeah, I was getting sick like every day and I thought I had stomach cancer. Um, and my Grammy was just like, you need to get tested for that. I know you have it. You have the same symptoms that great Graham had. So I did a food diary, um, to start out and ended up getting an endoscopy and colonoscopy. And a lot of people do like blood tests and things like that to find out about celiacs. But I think that's really for more, um, gluten sensitivities because I've been told by many doctors that the only way to truly test it is by getting a biopsy of your stomach lining, um, which is what they did for me when I had my colonoscopy and endoscopy. Um, but yeah, basically, um, I took a, I had a food diary and I noticed in the food diary that every time I had wheat, because I was specifically thinking about that because of what my Grammy had told me, um, I would get very sick. And like, as I got older, it was like more sick where I wouldn't have a hard time going to the bathroom. It was more like if I had wheat, I had this tight, tight cramping and I had to like get it out of my body as fast as possible. Like sometimes I would just throw up sometimes. Sorry, TMI, but like the other way, it was just <laughs> like, I, my body just couldn't handle it being in there. Um, and so, yeah, that's when I did all my testing and figured that out. And that was pretty much right after my husband and I got married, um, in 2000, the summer of 2013. 
Um, so I have known about it for six years and have been gluten-free ever since, which not just, um, it's not just wheat that I can't have. Celiac is wheat, rye, and barley. Um, so yeah, I, and I never get sick. Um, I have had a few times where I've accidentally had it and I was just like deathly ill and I knew I had it because it's not just like a stomach ache. It's honestly the best way I can describe it to someone for me, I'm sure maybe it feels different for everyone, but for me, it feels like, you know, an Indian burn on your arm. Did you guys ever do that? Like back in the day? Yes. Yeah. It feels like an Indian burn, but like someone's doing that to my intestines. Um, And so it's just like that crampy tight, like sicker than a dog feeling. And and, yeah. Um, But anyway, yeah. So now I've been free of wheat, rye and barley for six years and I feel very good. (laughs) No, and I agree. I think I think well, this kind of flows into our next question, which is talking about celiac disease and gluten sensitivity and what the difference is. But I mean, when you have, and I recently, they always told me that I had gluten sensitivity until recently when I have celiac, they found, told me I have celiacs, but there's definitely like, if you, if you are that sick, like, you know, you know, you have it like it's, it's so bad and you can't do anything. You really can't do anything. And I think it's like, um, it can be challenging for those around you that don't understand exactly like what, how it makes you feel, but it is, yeah, I have the same feeling and it's awful. It's so bad. Yeah. And I think I have read articles before where someone who truly has celiac disease, um, wheat can actually kill you if you have too much of it. And I don't know, I've never done like extensive research on that topic. So I don't really know like any cases or anything, but I've read multiple articles like that. And if you think about it, like someone with a peanut allergy, it's the same thing. They cannot have peanuts. They are deathly allergic Um, or like shellfish. It's if that can affect you, um, wheat can too. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of people with gluten sensitivities now, just because I feel like there is so much processed food that is in our food industry. And, um, I feel like really, if anybody were to stick to more of a whole food diet, they're going to feel better all around. Anyway, the more processed food you're eating, the worse you're going to feel, um, And I feel like everyone probably has somewhat of a gluten sensitivity just because it's like, if you're eating that much processed food, there's, there's a lot more in it than just wheat too, you know? Well, and a lot of these days, like bread, for example, isn't just like a couple ingredients like it used to be, whereas now it's like 26 ingredients or something crazy like that, which is why people are having those more so than they used to because it's not like the pure whole whole ingredients it's a million other things too yeah and we we is processed differently in america than it is in other countries fields are sprayed with different things um i have also read multiple articles that if you go to other countries that you may not have that effect 
yeah. sweet that you do in America. And I don't know if that's true or not. To be honest, I'd be like a little scared to even try it just because of what it does to me. But I am curious, although it's not like I have just a sensitivity, it's a true allergy. So I don't really know if it would make a difference or not um, for me. But for some people, um, I believe that it, it really would. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard that also. Have you heard about that? Yeah, that's actually what I was thinking too. Is if I were if I were celiacs, I would probably be in the same kind of mindset, and I don't know if I would try it either. But uh, like for someone like me, where um, I'm not, I don't think I'd say I'm gluten sensitive. I think I'm sensitive to when I eat processed foods, like highly processed foods. That it's not just the gluten in it. It would probably be like multiple of the other things, the process that it went through to be made, all those things that make me feel the way that I do after I eat it. Um, and the amounts of eating it too, um, is a huge thing as well. And so, yeah, I, I feel like if I went to a different country, um, like I've heard Germany and this might, I don't know, but I've heard that Germany is a better, like the way they process their breads is better. Mm -hmm. Um, but I didn't necessarily notice that when I went there, but uh, yeah. So we've been talking a lot about how gluten makes you feel and not only if you're celiacs, but if you think that it could affect you just eating a little bit of it. I want to hear your take on how being gluten-free has benefited you, like since you went gluten-free. Um, being gluten-free has benefited me in so many different ways, not just how I feel. Um, I mean, for example, when a little bit before I found out that I had celiacs, um, my husband and I, we, we were just, you know, engaged at the time. Um, but if we went out on dates, even before we were engaged, I've had this obviously my whole life. Um, but we'd go out on dates and like, we'd plan to go to dinner and a movie. And after dinner, I'm like, oh my gosh, you need to take me home. I am so sick. And it would just ruin like the whole time. Um, even if we'd go fishing, we'd grab like Subway sandwiches on the way up to the lake. And um, I would get sick on the way there. I'd be like deathly ill the whole time. And it's just like, it's crazy that I used to feel like that every single day. And I didn't try to find out sooner. Um, I was honestly just so scared that I had stomach cancer is what I really thought. And I just like, I, I just can't believe I lived like that. Um, even working um, in the ER, I had a lot of friends who were pregnant at the time there. And they had um, Zofran to help them not be sick. And I would ask them oh can I have a Zofran I feel so sick or whatever and it's just it's crazy that like I was feeling like that constantly um but afterwards I feel like just I don't know how to explain it but like whole inside like I just feel good and healthy and um I know my body so well now if I were to have any slight piece of anything that shouldn't belong there like my body's like no you can't do that. Um, but one thing that it really did teach me is how to cook, which I look at it as like such a, honestly, I feel like for me, um, finding out about my celiacs has been more of a blessing than anything because I used to eat so much processed food. It's insane. And I didn't know how to cook anything for myself. Um, and when I found out, 
it was a little bit hard in the beginning because obviously I'd never cooked before. So I was eating a pretty bland diet, not branching out a lot at all. Um, so that would be my number one tip of advice for someone who's trying to cut wheat out of their diet is talk to other people who have done the same thing. Get recipes, search Pinterest, like be proactive in that because I was not that way. And I believe the first few months of um, me cutting wheat out, I was pretty malnutritioned just because I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't have someone else there teaching me how to cook without wheat or somebody else going through the same thing. And I just didn't know what I was doing. Um, and so, yeah, over time though, obviously I learned how to cook. I learned of ingredients that like different grains and things I had never even heard of like millet, um, and quinoa and just like things that we hear every day now. But for me, I didn't even know there was such thing as coconut flour or rice flour or anything like that. Um, and so, yeah, I just feel like it's been such a benefit um, for me in my life because now I get to raise my family, teaching them how to cook and, um, you know, making home cooked meals is fun for me. So I don't know. I, I'm really grateful, actually, that I have it just because of all the things that it's taught me about health. I love that you brought up the support system as your number one thing, because I feel like <clears throat> my throat, <laughs> you should never go through something like that, feeling like you're the only one yeah. like that. Um, and I think that sometimes we all get stuck in our head with things that are difficult just in the same way um, that might not just be celiacs, but everything in life. And then we can get stuck in our heads. And I feel like just reaching out and talking about it and like trying to uh, get the most information about it from other people too that are like yourselves and like reaching out and finding is great and beneficial and like you said it it changed it kind of for you so mm -hmm. yeah definitely I mean that's something that even changed Kelsey in my relationship too yeah. like we related on such a different level um that other people don't understand because why why would you understand it if it never made you feel that way you know so I mean and that's the same with anything in life you have friends that you have connections with for different reasons you're able to talk to about different things everybody does something different for you and friendship and um yeah like that was something that was really brought Kelsey and I closer on a different level because we would just we could sit there for hours talking about food, you know? Um, so yeah. yeah, I definitely, that's my number one thing is reach out, do as much research as you can talk to people on Instagram. If you use Facebook on Facebook, ask for easy recipes, um, in the beginning, um, just because it, if you're not used to cooking, maybe you are, but for me, I didn't know how to cook anything. Um, and so that was like a real struggle for me in the beginning. What about eating out? How did you cope with that? And like, how did that start? Eating out was pretty hard in the beginning because I found out in 2013 and gluten-free wasn't like a big fad. Um, so when I went out to restaurants and I would ask, you know, does this have any wheat in it or is this gluten-free? They had no idea what I was talking about. I'm like, okay, these fries that come with the burger, do you put flour on it? Like, I don't know how else to word it, but, um, and they'd be like, I don't know. Do you want me to go get the ingredients bag and bring it to you? And I'd be like, sure. 
And that's how I would find out is by me just going and reading because um, it just wasn't a big thing then. So I think people now um, who, um, you know, find out that they can't have gluten or it just makes them sensitive. Um, I think it's a lot easier because there are a lot of restaurants who accommodate to that with people with all sorts of allergies, dairy and being vegan and um everything. So yeah, I think it's a lot easier. But for me at the time, it was pretty tough. It is tough. And I feel like it still is depending on where you're trying to eat. It still is. I mean, you can always find something, but I think that's also something I've had to cope with is like my own mindset around it. Definitely. Cause like I, you know, when we both, I think I got diagnosed around the same time you did. And, um, like you said, there weren't a lot of options and I would go places and everyone would get these like cool sandwiches and fries and burgers and all stuff. And I'll be like, I'll have my side salad because there really weren't a lot of options, you know? And I think you have to change your part of it is if you are getting diagnosed, having that mindset and being like, okay, I'm not eating this. It's not a choice. It's like, I have to do this because it's going to make me feel better. And So I don't know if you feel this way, but I almost look at some of those other foods now because people will eat something in front of me and they'll be like, oh, I'm so sorry. You can't have any. I feel bad. And I don't want anyone to ever feel that way because I look at food now being like, that's something that's going to make me sick. I don't look at it as something I want to bite of, if that makes sense. It makes complete sense. And I'm the exact same way. Um, There's lots of times where like someone, you know, you're out and after you eat dinner, they're having like pie or cake or something like that and they're oh I'm so sorry you can't have this and it's like I'm not on a diet I literally would do anything not to feel that pain again I don't even look at that cake like I want it because I you just don't if it makes you feel that way it's not like you're on some diet which is funny because my brother-in-law um he lives in New York and recently he's like wow you've you've been doing this for so long. I'm so proud of you to stick to this diet for so long. And I'm like, it's not like that. I don't, it is not a diet. I truly have zero desire to ever have wheat again, because it feels like you're being poisoned from the inside out. Mm, I think that's a good way to describe it. Cause it kind of is poison. I mean, in a sense, if you were that allergic to it, it can be poisonous. I love that too is like you guys are talking about wheat specifically but I feel like that's so it resonates with like food in general like you have to just like look and see like how does food make you feel like when you eat that not only is it nourishing your body but it how is that going to make you feel after you eat Mm -hmm. that um because food in the in every sense is fuel for our bodies um so I just like love that you guys are tuning in on that and in celiacs but in everything Oh, it totally is. I mean, one example, personal example, is like last week was Valentine's Day and I just a terrible, unhealthy eating week for me personally. I mean, I didn't have any gluten, any dairy, any of that, but I had so much sugar that all my body just has felt terrible. And so although I'm not like putting all those things I'm not supposed to have in my body, I wasn't really fueling it either. And I still felt terrible. So even if you don't, I don't think I have like a sugar allergy, but like, you know, when you aren't feeling your body properly, you can still feel adverse effects in a sense. So 
Yeah. And food definitely is fuel. And it's funny that, you know, mentioning it feels like you're poisoning your body because, um, I, back before I had found out that I had celiacs, I was sick all the time with different colds. I had kidney stones. I had bronchitis every single winter that I was on antibiotics for seriously from like the months of November through February, because I always ended up getting bronchitis. And I feel like my body was just trying to fight off the wheat that I was feeding it, that it couldn't fight off anything else. Um, because ever since I have found out, I truly never get sick. I don't remember. I don't know if I've ever had bronchitis since, um, six years ago when I found out I had celiacs. Um, but seriously, I just feel like the healthiest that I can be. And I think it's just because of how I feel my body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that so much. Yeah. So I guess kind of going into that. So what are some things and I can go, I can, um, add to this as well, but like if someone believes they might be sensitive to gluten or have a gluten allergy, what are kind of some of the symptoms that they might feel? And you've talked a little bit about your symptoms, but still in general, some symptoms. Yeah, I think it's a little bit different for everyone. Um, because when you search like celiac disease online, one of the main symptoms that comes up is like skin bumps, like redness on your skin and getting bumps on your arms and things. Um, I never had that. For me, when I was younger, it was more of like having trouble going to the bathroom. Um, like for days, I wouldn't be able to go. Um, sometimes I would just like having upset stomach, probably because I wasn't going to the bathroom. <laughs> um, sometimes I would throw up. And as I got older, it was more of almost an everyday occurrence for me, which is probably because I was having a lot of processed food. Um, and it was just like, it truly felt like my intestines were just like tightening. And I, my body was like, felt like it was being poisoned. Like I had to get that out of my body as soon as possible. And at the time I didn't know what it was. I, I didn't know it was wheat. Cause I was just like, not even thinking about that. Um, but yeah, I think, um, for me, those were my symptoms was everything in my gut basically. And it was just like, it needs to get out now. Um, so yeah, I think everyone's a little bit different though with it. Yeah. Yeah. No. And everyone is different. And Morgan, you might have even some stuff to add to this too, but I think one other thing people commonly overlook, cause mine is mostly gut related as well, but another thing that people don't think about is skin. Like you said at the beginning, like I, for my whole life, when I will get out of the shower, I'd have these red bumps all over me and eventually they'd go away, but they'd last for a really long time. And I never understood it until I realized that there was wheat and all and gluten in all of the products I was using. And I mean, I don't, I rarely get those anymore. And if I do, it's like, usually after I'm trying a new product, that's probably not the best for me to be using. And so that's why I think it's important when someone is switching over to being gluten-free or has celiac disease or whatever, to think about not only what you're putting in your body, but what you're putting on your body as well, because that can make a huge difference. And I know you're big on that also. So you said that you have a woodworking business called That Woodworking Girl. 
How did you get into that? Do you have any past experience? Let's hear all about that. Well, as far as past experience goes, um, when we were living on our farm in Staten, um, I had actually like made a few wood projects, like a few wood signs. And they're so funny to look back at photos now, like at what they looked like. Um, I remember I went to like a little um, holiday bazaar and tried to sell some of the signs um, with my sister-in-law and no one bought one thing. And they were like very low priced. I mean, very low priced, um, but also pretty low quality in my opinion. (laughs) But um, yeah, it's funny like looking back because I actually like didn't even remember that I did that until I was looking back at photos on my computer and found them and was just like embarrassed for myself. But um, I mean, it shows you though that wherever you start, if you have passionate, like you can grow in whatever you're doing um, as long as you're persistent. But it really picked back up when we were in Alaska, we were renting a cabin and it was a really small cabin. It was 600 square feet. And I had found this quote on, I think on Pinterest and it's about like living in small spaces and having less room between you to be able to communicate more. And it's just this really cute, like little houses quote. And so I made a wood sign for our uh, dining room wall and I framed it and all that. And I posted it on Instagram and a girl from Oregon who I went to high school with, she said, Hey, if you ever um, move back to Oregon, I want that exact same sign. And so I was like, okay. And we ended up moving back to Oregon six months later. And she messaged me and said, can I, can you make that sign for me? So we were actually, um, we didn't know where we were going to live yet in Bend. Um, and so we were renting this little condo for about two weeks, um, just because we needed to find a house. We had two German shepherds and it's hard to find a house (laughs) for two German shepherds. Um, and it's funny because in those two weeks of just staying, I don't even know if it was a full two weeks of staying in that little condo, I had made three signs for people, um, and, you know, sold them. And that was just through Instagram. Um, and so really moving to Bend started my woodworking journey. Um, and I just started posting things and people would say, Hey, can you make this? Hey, can you make this? And there's never a project that I said, no, I can't do that. Um, because it pushed me and it taught me how to learn. Um, and I would be honest, I'd say, well, I've never made that before, but this is what I would charge and, um, I can try to make it for you. Um, and so that's really how I learned how to woodwork is just like trial and error, um, watching YouTube videos, learning from other woodworkers on Instagram. There's a huge community on Instagram of woodworkers, not just men, tons of women out there who do it. Um, and so I just learned, like, I learn from other people. And that's why lots of times on my Instagram, sometimes on my stories, I'll try to like explain, this is how you do this. This is a good tip for this, because I don't want it to be just a page that's like my portfolio of my work saying, hey, look at me and what I built. I wanted to teach other people too, um, that they can make the same exact thing that I just made. Um, just because that's what woodworking has been for me. It's been 
um, a large community of help and learning from others. And I want to be able to contribute to that as well. I love that. I think you just had two really big points, like within that conversation. Um, one of them was how you're going to constantly grow and learn from other people's, but also to share what you've learned um, and create that like entrepreneurial uh, community. I think that's huge, especially for anybody who wants to start their own thing and follow their passion set, find your group kind of and take from it, but also contribute back to it. Mm -hmm. um, and then you'll create support and community and you'll grow. And then I love that you were like, I, I've never done this before, but I'm not going to say no. Of course, I'll do my best and I'll try. And I feel like that's huge in everything. Oh, yeah. In every aspect of life, really. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So woodworking tends to be more of a male-dominated industry, I would say. So how? what do you do to stand out um, in that realm, I guess? Um, I mean, I think you stand out just by being a woman doing it. Um, honestly, like, it's so funny. The number one time where, like, I notice it the most, um, where it kind of shocks other people is when I go out to buy lumber. Because lots of times I'll have Ethan, my son, with me. And he'll be, like, pushing the wood cart. And then I'm loading up all this lumber by myself. And lots of times um, the workers, wherever I'm at, Home Depot or Miller Lumber or whatever, they're like, what are you going to do with all that? I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'm building a table. And this is a business sign for someone and whatever. And they're just, like, shocked that I'm doing that. Um, so that's really where I notice like that it's odd for other people to see a woman doing that trade, but, but there really are like, if you search like on Instagram, women who build and, um, whatever, all these different hashtags, there really are so many people out there doing that. Um, I think in all different trades too. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just found such a passion in it. Um, I love just being able to create. I've always had a creative mind, been pretty crafty um, with home decorating and always trying to like make my own anything, whatever it is, make my own bars of soap or sew my own pillowcases for my couch or whatever. I'm, I'm always trying to like do it myself. Um, so that's been like where woodworking has been pretty easy for me to just try to push myself outside of my comfort zone because um I'm always wanting to just say well okay if that person can do it I can do it too um and yeah it really not only do I love creating but I, I love the stories that woodworking um has given me just like knowing that I'm making a table for a family and that table is going to sit in their dining room for however many years to come and they're going to share meals and stories and fun times and everything around that table. Or, um, you know, like one time I made, um, two signs for a couple and it was their, um, wedding vows. And it was a lot of like handwriting for me, but it was so fun knowing like this is going to mean something so much to them and I get to contribute to that. And my whole life, I've never felt like I had this calling. Like, you know, you always think like back in school, oh, I want to be a vet. I want to be a doctor. I want to be a firefighter, whatever. But like, I never had anything like that where I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do. 
Um, and I always kind of felt out of place in that sense. Even um, when we graduated high school, all my friends went off to college and I was a waitress in our small town. And I just felt like I didn't have like this calling in my life and I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, but I knew, I always knew that I wanted to help people. Um, and that's actually why I started working in the emergency department. Um, I had applied there for a year before I got in, but I thought, well, in the healthcare field, um, you know, you help people. So I'll get my foot in the door there and I'll figure out what it is that I want to do. And I absolutely loved working in the ER, um, for the time that I did, but that's, that's something that woodworking really brings me is I feel like, um, I get to help people in a different sense. It's not so much help people, but bring joy to other people's lives. Something that I'm creating for them that maybe there's a Bible verse that really means something to them. Um, and I get to put that into art and put it up on their wall and it helps motivate them every day. Um, or things like that. Um, I just love what joy that gets to bring me. Um, and that's actually kind of why I started, um, I created a wood jewelry line. Um, and the reason that I did is because the community of people that woodworking has brought me, it's been mainly like in my home state in Oregon. Um, and I love it, but I wanted something that could branch me out to a community all around the world and be able to have that, um, just like be able to connect with people from all over and not just from one knit unit. Um, and I thought, okay, what's small that I could ship anywhere that's cheap to ship and easy, um, but still brings me joy and is woodworking. And um, that's when I thought of wood jewelry. And that's been really fun. Like just, I mean, I'm in the beginning stages of it, but just being able to ship out stuff to different states and know that like, other people out there who love natural living and they're putting essential oils on my necklace that I made them or whatever. It's just so fun to have that connection with people all over. Um, so that's something I'm really excited to see where, where that goes as well. Okay. I have to stop and ask and like hone in on your, how you mentioned how you didn't feel like you had a calling because I know that there's so many people out there that feel the same exact way. So do you have any advice or tips and, or even encouragement for people that feel like maybe they're at the end of high school or the end of college and they still don't feel like they like have found their calling or, or even someone that's in a job they don't like and they feel like it's just, they can't find something that's working for them or whatever it is. Yeah. What would you say to them? Yeah, I would say definitely think about the things that make you happiest the most. I mean, I've always been like a creator in, in anything, even like little art projects for my mom when I was little or whatever. Um, so like I've always known I have a strong passion for creativity, but I also am a people person. I love anything that connects me with other people. Um, but yeah, I would just say think about your passions and you do not have to be stuck in the same place your whole life. You know, if you're in a job that you don't like, um, obviously there's different ways to go about things and you need to be smart about it. Not just be like, I quit and then have nothing lined up and you have all these bills coming or whatever. But um, 
think about your options because that's one thing actually woodworking did not teach me this, but selling our home and traveling did tremendously. Um, my, my husband, when we were selling our farm, he's like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to sell our farm and sell everything and buy a travel trailer and travel and go up to Alaska. And I just like cried hysterically. I'm like, what are you doing? I, I was pregnant with our child at the time. I'm like, what? We got married here. We have two businesses here. You can't just do that. Um, but turns out you can just do that. You can change anything in your life, even if it feels permanent. And that's exactly what we did. And, um, it ended up being the most eye-opening experience I've ever had in my life. Um, just pushing yourself outside of that comfort zone and um, experiencing new places and people um, and opportunities. And now it's it's very rare for me to say no to um, new opportunities because it's like it's after you like do something scary like that and make a change. It's so easy to. Um, think about new things and say yes to new opportunities. I love that. I love that. I think that's such good advice because I feel like, I mean, if you would have asked, this is kind of going back, but either of us, like where we would be right now, like in high school, probably any of us, any of us. Yeah. Um, we would not be where we are today. And like, I think we all go through certain things in life that are they shape us. They totally shape us and who we are. And you don't know what those things are until you go through them. And so I think that's like kind of a good lesson that like, mm -hmm. I don't know where I'm going with this. That, and you don't have to look at the person next to you and be like, I have to be just like them. I think is a huge thing too. Like you're doing your own thing. And I feel like a lot of us do get comfortable with where we're at and we may not be as happy as we could be. Um, and it's scary to take yeah. those extra steps, like you said. Um, but just knowing that change is a good thing and you should always be striving towards what you want to do in life. And if it's not making you happy, you got to make that change. Yeah. But I like how you said smart change, because yeah. that's something I've, I mean, I listen to a lot of podcasts and stuff and you hear about people that are like, I didn't like my corporate job. So I quit and became a blogger and now I make millions. And you're like, yeah. Well, there, I, I, it's not going to work like that for me. Like I have a mortgage. Like it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. You can't just like stop, you know? And so have a plan. Yeah. Like, I think it's important. Like you said, like be smart about it, have somewhat of a plan and learn more about it. Your yeah. options. Well, and like for you, like, yes, you have been, I remember like, like, like we said, when we first started connecting about being gluten-free and I would go to your farm and all this stuff. I remember I was still living with my parents at the time and I'd go home and tell them all stuff and be like, oh my gosh, Whitney has doing all these things and it's so cool. And like when I have my own house, I'm going to grow all these vegetables and all this stuff. And you'd always inspire me to like make my own stuff, which is like becoming handy in a lot of ways. Cause I make a lot of my own things now. Um, mm -hmm. but I think but you didn't know that you were going to start a woodworking business back then. It was just like a hobby you had. And so taking the time to like really invest in yourself and figure out what you really like to do is so important. Yeah. And I think definitely too, one thing for me, um, not that everyone is religious, but I am and um, really listening to God's plan rather than my own was huge in my journey because actually one thing I've always loved is weddings and um, 
like when we moved here, I was thinking about opening up like a wedding rental business because I did photography for weddings. I always end up helping people like pick out decorations and flowers and setting stuff up. And I love anything decorating pretty much. Um, and that was like really my plan was like making wedding signs and then renting out those wedding signs and things like that. Um, and I remember I just kept getting these orders for woodworking and I never was able to like have time to branch off and start my rental business. And I remember praying about it and just being like, God, what, I feel like there's two paths. What path am I supposed to go down? Um, and he kept providing me with all these woodworking jobs and customers and zero customers in the rental business. So I just wasn't opening, I wasn't closing my eyes and listening to what was right in front of me. I kept thinking, well, no, I had this plan. This is what I was going to do and whatever. And I kept praying about the same thing all the time, but God kept answering me. He kept telling me, uh, here's all these customers I'm giving you. I'm giving you your answer, you know? Um, and then finally, when I let go of that, that's when my business just really started to grow. Um, and I absolutely love what I do every single day. I love that. That's so cool. That's very important. I think it's important for people to hear. Well, and it's opened up so many opportunities for you. I mean, I look at your Instagram and things that I've talked to you about, like you're making signs for businesses, like for their actual like signs outside of their companies and like um, about a girl I went, we went to high school with her coffee shop that you made a sign for and like so cool all the opportunities it has provided you with and like you said if you would have only stuck to what you thought you wanted to do you might not have been able to have all those opportunities so mm -hmm. I love yes. that so much yes so I think we should wrap it up but a couple things we always ask all of our guests there's two questions um, we will ask you. So if you could give advice to a woman listening right now about anything, what would it be? Um, I would say if you have a passion or a dream in your life that you want to pursue, do not give up in um, the beginning phases because it truly to do anything it takes time to grow even when I found out about celiacs I had no idea how to cook and now I know how to cook whatever I want I just throw things together um but with woodworking I had no idea what I was doing in the beginning and obviously when I look back even on the farm when I tried to sell those signs and then never did that again it's just so funny I wonder well if I would have stuck to that at that time where would I be now um, and so just, if you have a passion or a dream, don't give up. All it takes is time and persistence. And you obviously have to have the passion to do it for you to, um, achieve it. But definitely, I just think it can be really hard for people in the beginning to kind of give up when they start something and they're excited about it, but you don't see, um, the change you're wanting to see or the progress you're wanting to make, like, Keep with it and don't stop. It's the same with working out. It takes time to see a change. Um, so yeah, that would be my number one advice is in the beginning when it's tough, keep going and keep doing things that keep motivating you with it because it will grow if you want it to. Love that. And then last question we ask is, so what does wellness mean to you? 
to me, wellness means anything in your life that um, brings you happiness and health, um, whether that's something that you do physically, going hiking or swimming or playing sports, um, anything that really brings you passion, I think that's when you're going to be your healthiest. And same with what you're putting in your body. If food is making you feel good and even like teaching you how to create new things in the kitchen or whatever, anything that's bringing you um, happiness is really wellness to me. Um, because I think when you feel good and you're out there really living, that's when you're, you're healthiest. And that can be different for everyone because some people, you know, dairy affects them horribly. Some people it doesn't affect at all. Same with wheat or some people like, for me, I love hiking. My husband loves fishing more than anything. Um, like everyone has different passions. So I think really just feeding into that um, is when you're going to be your happiest and your healthiest. I love that. So good. So with that, where can everyone find you? If they want to shop with you or if they want to connect with you, where are all the places? Or buy some of your new jewelry line, yes. which I'm going to go shop at after this. <laughs> Yes. So my website is www.thatwoodworkinggirl.com. My Gmail is the same thing, thatwoodworkinggirl at gmail.com. And my Instagram is thatwoodworkinggirl. So pretty much (laughs) thatwoodworkinggirl everything. I do not use other forms of social media. I don't, I haven't used Facebook for years um, or anything like that right now. Um, but yeah, pretty much Instagram is where you can contact me at all of my jewelry is on my website and I will eventually start adding smaller pieces of woodworking on my website that I can ship out. Um, but right now it's just my jewelry line. I love it. Whitney, I'm so happy you came on here. I think this is, we had some really good conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think this will be great. Me too. Thank you guys so much for having me. You anytime. All right. We will talk to you later. Bye. Bye.